It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. I just got done listening to someone explain something to me. And I tried to give my full attention. And as I walk in here to speak to you right now, I couldn't give you any idea what they said. I don't, I'm not proud of that. I'm sure it's my deficiency. But let's be honest, talk. Talk is not only cheap, it is often sleazy. I was just wondering the other day if if the person who came up with the idea of the talk show, the person who came up with the idea of the talk show, if that person ever reflects on the results that have transpired over the years and then just sits down and considers killing themselves. I'm going to say something profound. The human race is willing to do almost anything to relieve itself of personal responsibility. Hello. I'll say it about myself. I am willing to do almost anything from time to time to relieve myself of personal responsibility. Talk. Now talk is chief among them. You know it can be boastful. We're number one. We're the best. We ain't no damn third world country. We're exceptional. But you and me, we've seen, right? We've seen the hypocrisy of yapping. Almost every promise ever made by human lips has been broken. Could say it again. Almost every promise ever made by human lips has been broken. I can't think of one that hasn't, but I thought I'd play it safe and say almost. So somebody wouldn't send a comment and say, you make too many generalities. It's why we celebrate loyalty, isn't it? We celebrate loyalty and we call people who follow through on their words heroes. Not everyday Joes or Janes. They were loyal. They followed through. They're heroes. And we all know that those who flap their jaws often do not allow for their brain to become intimately involved. Won't need the brain on this one. Got the words down. (laughs) I think there are at least three, maybe four. I haven't counted recently. Three, maybe four competing shows on network programming during the day with a table full of women doing their best impersonations of men by being overbearing, inconsiderate, loud, and opinionated. It is talk with no real view. Is this what we really need? I'm serious. I mean, we just seem to continue to pile up a conservatory full of people who want 
to speak. But nothing ever comes of it. It seems to me what we really need is some place to start here, some place to transform this, where we can challenge the weaker parts to come on and catch up with the stronger. Come on, you can do it. That weak part of me, instead of rationalizing it, instead of trying to explain, well, when I was a kid, or my doctor said the reason I do that is... I was talking to my counselor, and he said, I am unique in the sense that no one is quite as weird as I am. We begin to challenge our weaker parts to catch up with the stronger. Not only is a chain only as strong as its weakest link, but a chain with weak links is not a chain. It can't be trusted. You couldn't hook it up to anything and pull. So eventually, because this chain has weak links, the strong ones rust out. That's America. We sit around and discuss weak links as the strong parts of us rust out. We sit around and discuss all the weak links and their feelings and their reason they do it while the strong ones, the strong parts of us are resting out. What truly makes us strong, intelligent and powerful is being ignored nowadays, set aside, and is rusting out simply because we're chasing the loudest bird in the swamp. Did you hear that one? My God, get the cameras. That's a loud bird. Let's follow that on down the road here and we'll see why that bird's so loud. So where do we start? Do we start with politics? Do you, do you think we're going to wade into politics and be able to moderate speech and demand common sense and a reasonable spirit? <laughs> I could barely finish that sentence without laughing. Maybe business would be a good place to call out a better spirit. But you see, the other day, when I opened up my box of corn dogs, that's right, corn dogs, which I paid exactly the same price for that I did three weeks ago, there were now eight corn dogs in the box instead of nine. And the wiener at the center was a different brand of Frank. Much inferior. You see, here's what happened. My corn dog company did not warn me that they were going to subtract one treat, nor that they were going to wave their little wiener in my face. They just had a conversation around a boardroom, which I was not privy to, and they concluded that most people wouldn't even notice the absence of one corn dog and the fact that the dog was not so hot. Uh, I don't 
think business is a place to start because the bottom line is everything. And when you're only concerned about your bottom, you're probably an ass. How about education? Yeah, we've talked about it, haven't we? We can start teaching our children to communicate better with one another. That is, if we're going to be able to maintain the same quality of school for each and every student. You see, even though our public education system is no longer officially segregated, obviously, putting back students in one area over here, these Let's put the black ones over here, and we'll put the white students living in this particular, because we just like to live together. It's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. We like to hang out with our own birds of a feather flock together. So the students from the black community go to what ends up being a black school, and the white kids end up going to a white school. But where are the good teachers going? Follow the money. Can't blame them, can you? Follow the goddamn money. So who would care about such a thing as civil discourse when we're allowing this anomaly to still exist in our country? And now we're talking about even setting aside special schools for the special white people. Why are these special white people special? Because they've got more money. So now we live in a society that judges everything on the quality of whether you're going to get it or not, not based upon civility, but based upon finance. I think, I, 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 here's what I believe. I think we only have two avenues to create a campaign to clean up the cesspool of the human tongue and make it suitable for general hearing again. So we can actually listen to each other talk. Science and religion. And lo and behold, there's been an active campaign to put those two, science and religion, at war with each other, therefore having no conversation. You're a religious person. I'm scientific. Well, I'm scientific, and you can take your religion and its falsities and put it back in a hell which doesn't exist. You remember as a child being taught about the Almighty. Those lessons always painted a picture of an all-powerful, demanding creature who created man but was later sorry that he did. And then he destroyed humans, regretting his massacre, while demanding constant attention to his preferences, culminating with repeated threats designed, designed to stimulate repentance. After this speech you were given in your Sunday school class, about the divine, your teacher would close out the lesson by looking around the room with a glint of a tear in his or her eye and say, and remember, children, God loves you. Could be a missed signal here, don't you think? Maybe you heard wrong. Maybe you read wrong. 
Maybe all the sermons that are screamed in your ears are just warnings so you won't jump off the cliff, but instead come back to the picnic table and enjoy some fried chicken and dater salad. But when you were sitting in that classroom, you remember it? Or you were listening to someone give their testimony to you at work over lunch when you didn't really ask for it. Here's the question. Did you believe it? I mean, did you really believe it? Not that, yes, I believe. I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I, put me up, mark me down as one who favors the man in the sky. That's not what I'm talking about. Did it ring true to you? Did you have your doubts? Did anyone ever, did anyone else ever think that God might be bipolar? Depressed one day. Let's just kill them all. And frenetic the next day. Oh, I just love, I love the world so much. Let me make a rainbow. I know I just drowned him, but here, <laughs> I feel better today. I'm on my meds. Here's a rainbow. We're wanting a hug, but sometimes you just feel like he pushes you away when you decide to give him one. So what has remained of your belief? It's very popular now to be agnostic. Atheism is on the rise. Meditation is the new word for prayer. What is still intact? What is still making our tongues move and function? If it's just our brain, we only speak forth the oracles of our mother and father and maybe a couple of university professors who particularly impressed us. If the tongue is attached to our mad hole, our rage, then we're just waiting for a chance to unleash it, for it to do its lashing on the helpless victims around us who don't comprehend why we're so goddamn furious. Don't you get it? If you don't get it, I'm going to give it to you. Listen. What is still intact of the simple faith you might have in humanity in your journey? Oh, take a deep breath and think about it. What, 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 what is still rattling around in my soul? Is God real? Maybe you're afraid to think about that. After all, the book, the good book that is supposed to give us comfort warns us of the danger of disbelief. Who in the hell wants to be doubting Thomas, a denying Peter, or a completely fucked up Judas? And then one day you're just, you're driving in your car, right? Listening to people honking at each other, screaming out their windows. You're trying to listen to the sounds that comfort your ears when you suddenly realize that those who preach about God just seem to know the least about him. Let's not be foolish. 
if there were no God, you and I'd have to get together some Saturday afternoon and make something up. And get in the garage and make us a, make us a God. Or maybe that's what you really think it is. Uh, all of it just kind of made up in the first place. If that's what you feel, be smart. Use the intelligence of generations of wisdom. Leave it the hell alone then. If we're all going to die and there's no heaven, why do we need to know now? What's the payoff of heading for a grave very similar to your pet dog? Who do you think among us could be our arbiter if it's not going to be this God? Who's going to negotiate settlements between those Israelis and Palestinians? How about North and South Korea, China and NATO? What in God's name literally is to stop us from destroying one another simply because we've just grown tired of trying to hold the whole thing together. No, please. No disrespect to you, but don't be an idiot. If there is no God, we still need a referee. Someone to blow the whistle to help us decide what are the foul balls? That one's out of play. Thank you. Next pitch. It's just that spirituality, religion, faith really has nothing to do with talking. We think it does. That's why we put shows on television. You come and listen to our preacher. Boy, can he preach. Whoop. Because one of the most controversial verses in the good book is faith without works is dead, being alone. No shit. No shit. If religion is a dialogue about God, it is a conversation that leads nowhere, ending in an argument that always fosters death. It just fosters death. Most of the people who were killed or murdered or, or they even destroyed others over the years in all the wars did so asking God to bless their weapons. And we, and we ask you, Heavenly Father, as we drop this bomb on Hiroshima and as we stand in readiness to hit Nagasaki if they don't reply to our will. We ask you to make the bomb sure that it spreads its fire and destruction through all the bodies, leaving behind a radiation that for the next generation will produce cancer, deformities, and illness. And we say all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. we can actually help this great talk show, which is supposed to be our life, by deciding don't talk so much about God.
Instead, do your best impersonation. If you think God is evil, then go out and burn people. If you think God is love, then you turn in yourself into the most loving person. If you think God loves music, write! If you think God loves gay people, then be a great gay person who doesn't just sit around and bicker, but instead offers a contribution to the tribe. Whatever you think about God, you need to become. Because the greatest evidence of his existence and importance is your joy. If there is a God, and I'm positive he would prefer that you have a happy life searching for truth instead of insisting that you already know it. Because when you begin to get answers, you realize that somewhere in a swirl of genius, the divine creator meshed himself with the natural order of the universe to generate an energy we call life. That's why you can't separate natural life from human life from eternal life. That's why Jesus said God's will must be done on earth as it also is done in heaven. Science is here to back up God, and God is here to let you know the importance of understanding your world, your environment, your opportunities, and your, once again, responsibility. You can't have science without God. You can't have God without science. Science is the discussion that leads us to a greater revelation as long as science doesn't pompously pound its chest, believing that its latest discovery of fire closes the need for any further pursuit. And the more we learn about God, the more we learn that he's merciful and doesn't kill witches, by the way, nor even excommunicate divorcees. The more we learn about science, we uncover that the earth is round and leeches are not a way to heal the human body. If both religion and science, faith and the natural order, would relax, admit their weaknesses and need for each other, the human race would have some place to run to escape the rattle of politics, the failure of education, and those goddamn corn dog cheaters. What would you ask God? I know this. God is no different than you. He wants to be love. He wants to be loved, not for his position, not for his favor, not for his power. And certainly not because you're afraid. It is my pleasure at this point to announce the marriage of God and science. They are happy to brag about a beautiful world, a home they've created for eight billion of their children. So the good news is, don't talk so much. And the better news is, your silence speaks great wisdom of God being with you. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. 
Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.